Welcome to the Questions for the Sages podcast. I'm Michael Scherer. Today I spoke with Jiva Tattva Das, whom I regularly see on Sundays at the Hare Krishna Temple in Potomac, Maryland. We get into a fairly involved discussion of the story of Prahlad Maharaj. If you are unfamiliar with this story, I will provide a link to it in the show notes. We also touch on many other topics. Thank you for your time, Jiva Tattva Das. You can hear the Questions for the Sages podcast on questionsforthesages.com, the Questions for the Sages Facebook page, iTunes, and on YouTube. Thanks to the Hare Krishna community of Potomac, Maryland, for making this podcast possible. Hello and welcome to Questions for the Sages, a podcast from the Washington, D.C. area. I'm Michael Scherer, and today I'm talking with Jiva Tattva Das. Hare Krishna. And uh, uh, you and I see each other regularly on Sundays, uh, uh, because we're both there for the Srimad Bhagavatam class, which starts at 10 Mm a.m. Yes. 10 a.m. 10.30. 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings here at the temple, open to everyone. Yes. And uh, you were at classes before, I mean, you've been mm-hmm. coming to classes here for a long time, yes. right? Yes. I've taken the Bhakti Shasi classes. I think they started in 2010, all the oh. way till 2013, so almost two and a half years. And um, then Bhakti Vaibhav classes started. Which what is that? Uh, Bhakti Shastri, we actually study four main books, starting with Bhagavad Gita. So it's actually split into three sections. The first six chapters, Bhagavad Gita has 18 chapters. So the first six is Karma Yoga. Next, the, in the center is Bhakti Yoga. So it's sandwiched between, you know, the first six and the last six are Gyan Yoga oriented. And it's actually sandwiched the Bhakti Yoga, the seven through... The middle six yeah, chapters? 12. And actually chapter 12 is title devotional service so you can imagine mm. yeah, beautiful so and uh, then we have Ishopanishad that's another book which has 18 verses coming from Yajurveda then we have Nectar of Devotion and where we cover only part one of Nectar of Devotion not the part two it's a very high confidential topic confidential so well it's Srila Prabhupada made it easily available so not confidential but it's a highly elevated topic uh, yeah, I, uh, this is. Uh, I want to ask you about this. Yes. Um, confidential um, topics. Right. In the scriptures. Yes. Um, a confidential topic in the scripture would imply that it's not. Everyone shouldn't read it. No? Uh, actually, it requires maturity to understand it. People can read it. Just like. There's um, no problem with everybody reading it? Like. Actually, it does affect based on one's maturity because they may misinterpret the meaning behind those topics and may fall down. For example, Srila Prabhupada, he himself said that if somebody reads about or learns about Rasa Leela, right? Rasa Leela. And is heavily uh, materially oriented, right? He's a materialist. What's a materialist? Mm-hmm. That they are attracted by Maya. And they're seeking sense gratification. Mm-hmm. So they can misinterpret the message that's in front of them. Now, I would And ask- can take, just, just trying to finish that, you know, it, just like 
you may see the world with your eyes and you may wear a red glass so you'll see everything red yeah. another person wearing blue glass would see everything blue yeah so that's that's the vision so param drishtwani vartate you have to first you know have the higher vision and higher taste so that you can understand and go deeper into the topics to understand the essence behind it can i give you an example uh, of course okay so are you aware that one uh, polish nun she took krishna to court no hari krishna was defending <laughs> so she basically said that krishna is immoral mm. in her statement and that okay. came now, a big now, topic Mm-hmm. People who are listening to this yes don't necessarily know what you're talking about when you say someone could see Krishna as being immoral. Exactly. Because they don't know about Krishna. Yes. Well, well, why would you why would someone think that Krishna was immoral? Yes. Her argument was that Krishna has millions of gopis in Vrindavan, wise girlfriends. Go, he, and he has 16,108 wives in Dwarka. Yeah. So you know having more than one wife you know it's polygamy yes polygamy and so the interesting thing was in the argument in the counter argument devotees just asked what was the oath that you took before you when you became nun mm. so now the response from her side was she actually the oath contains that i marry christ mm-hmm. right So when that is there that settles it. So if from that perspective you look at it all the nuns are actually saying their husband is Lord Christ. Mm-hmm. Does that make Lord Christ immoral? No. <laughs> so means to us Christ Christo Krishna the same supreme personality of godhead is one. And from that perspective the case was closed. But yes. Okay. Yeah. I I I <laughs> I see what you're saying. Although I don't think Jesus engaged in any behavior that um people would call immoral. Uh see Jesus always said I'm son of God. Right? Mm-hmm. It's the Christ who is the God. Uh, so when we say Jesus Christ we are saying son of God. Uh yeah, that's I mean my actually that's a complicated subject. <laughs> yes. <too>. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean I wouldn't necessarily draw a straight equivalency between Jesus and Krishna. No. I Because now you are picking up not Christ, you are picking up Jesus. Just like a devotee, a, you know, a disciple in the disciplic succession thinks of the guru to be as good as Lord Krishna. Now there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Why are they thinking that the gurus and you know gurus gurus and so forth they are as good as Lord Krishna because they can deliver us right and mm-hmm. that's the potency they are getting they can Krishna. deliver they us all, yes and also that they are serving Krishna they can enlighten us tad vidhi pranipate na pari prashne na seveya upadeshanti taj gyanam gyaninas tatvadarshana so in Bhagavad Gita chapter four verse thirty four. Lord Krishna is telling tadviddhi pranipatena so in there is a process so based on the process a process process in disciplic succession so he's actually revealing that a student you know takes to this process and the process is to inquire first to serve the spiritual master pari prashnena seva and then ask questions while doing seva seva is serving the spiritual mm-hmm. master 
Updekshanti Tajkyanam. Then that spiritual master, bona fide spiritual master, would impart the instructions onto the devotee. Hmm. Because well, he that's has how seen it's supposed to work, right? Yes, the disciplic succession. Now, but the idea that there's confidential knowledge mm-hmm. seems to imply that it doesn't always work out exactly as planned. Because yes. <laughs> the stuff that, that's confidential, I would assume, became confidential when it was realized through time that people were taking this in directions that weren't necessarily healthy. Right? Yes. And can I give you an example to sure. support that? So, for example, you have a first grade student. All he has learned is to look, do plus and minus, right? Mm, sure. And then suddenly he sees a fifth grader's book and he says, wait a minute, two cross four. And he is doing it's a six because he looks at the cross not knowing that it has been turned 45 degrees. Mm-hmm. And he's saying two plus four is six. He doesn't know that's not a plus, that's a multiplication sign. And on the other side, he's looking at another question that says 8 minus with few dots around it, 4. And he's saying 8 minus 4 is 4. But in reality, 8 is divided by 4. So he's looking at the division sign incorrectly and thinking okay. it's a 4 while it's actually a 2. So similarly, when a materialistic perception is still there and person has not purified or understood to the level of the subject, they may look at the same subject matter and misinterpret it, mm. which can cause them to fall down. But the, there are situations where um, what we would call a misinterpretation mm-hmm. is argued to be the pr- correct interpretation by people who aren't um, children, yes. right? So how do you settle these kinds of disputes over the interpretation of confidential scriptural matters now interesting question multiple ways to answer because Srila Prabhupada again you have to look at time place and circumstances Samhaya Kalpatra so who's the audience who's looking and trying to understand the subject and so it is important that the subject matter be presented to the audience based on their level of understanding do you agree with that Mm -hmm. that's pretty straightforward You, you are imparting knowledge yeah then you need to know what the other person can understand. If you start talking a metaphysics subjects to an elementary school student, that would not make sense. Yeah, but we're talking about professors. We're not talking about students. So that yes. we're talking about mm-hmm. two professors who are arguing about, for in, I mean, to, mm-hmm. to make a comparison, this would be like two professors arguing about quantum physics. Who's right? They're both experts, right? They're both professors. See, we are making an assumption that both are professors, so they are both are at that level. Yeah. When it comes to a spiritual topic, mm-hmm. if you go to the road, even a layman would say, yes, he knows about God and he can give you a lecture for an hour. Who is this? God. Who, who can? Uh, layman means again, people walking Mm-mm-mm. on the stage, yeah, yeah, I know God, you know. But have they understood? God. Well, does, do they know how great he is? But how do you how do you decide I whether or not they have understood God? I don't decide. Basically, we inquire. We, we seek the philosophy, right? Mm-hmm. What is the philosophy behind? So Srila Prabhupada said, "Don't just shun Mayavadis and other, you know, people who have different 
religions mm. understand the philosophy and understand the limitation of their philosophy. So if we try to bring our philosophy to a level where there are more differences, what does difference cause? It causes conflict. And there is, you know, so we want to avoid those conflicts. That's mm -hmm. one area. Second, we want to see more similes because we want to change the perception of a person. And to change a perception is a very intricate topic. So, like Shrimad Bhagavatam. <laughs> yes. Let's look at Shrimad Bhagavatam, Prahlad Maharaj. You know, in chapter 5, 7th canto, he is going, you know, he's presented in front of his father. And the father looks at a small child and thinks, what does the child know? He just started going to Gurukul. So he picks up his child, makes him sit on his lap and very, in a very loving tone asks, tell me something, you know, nice that you have read. Something you learned at school today. Learned at school today. Yeah. And Prahlad Maharaj says, and Prahlad Maharaj, even though a small child, is a Mahabhagavat. Uh, so... He's... What's a Mahabhagavat? Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, just for people right, who are listening. Uh, yes, yes. So... See, I think... Yes. One of the things... He's a see, very big scholar, even though he's in the body I of should, a small but, child. But, and let me point this out. Sure. Speaking, because you did mention earlier, speaking yes. to the audience, according to yes. the level of understanding. Yes. I think that you're immersed in the lingo and understanding yes. here. And uh, people mm -hmm. who are listening aren't so savvy. Right, right. right. So, <laughs> right. again, even though Prahlad Maharaj, he is in the body of a small boy for... 18,000 early years in his mother's womb, which is inconceivable concept to today's generation. He had Her been listening. pregnancy lasted 18,000 years? 100 demigod years. That's the duration. His father. She was pregnant for how long? She was pregnant for 100 heavenly years, which six months is one day of heavenly mm -hmm. years. So if you do the calculation, it comes out to be 18,000 earthly years. Okay, now, before we See, go on, <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I know you want to yes. t tell this about sure. Prahlad Maharaj, yes. but mm -hmm. you've just said something which is that um, basically for most people, I think, stops the conversation. Yes. Most people will say... <laughs> <laughs> this is not possible. They have uh, no this, experience of it. Yeah, like... Okay, we're not talking about reality anymore. You know what I mean? I know. because But then at the same time, the science has proven there is concept of relativity. Sure. Einstein has given the concept well, of relativity she traveling near well. the speed of light while she was pregnant? No, she was at one of the heavenly locations where the time was passing comparatively. Okay. You know, with respect to the earthly concept. Uh, so even though that nine-month pregnancy, from earthly perspective, appeared that big, and the instructions she received, and the son receiving the instructions in the womb of his mother from Devashinara, he is a great sage, son of Lord Brahma, and he's imparting that knowledge. So Prahlad Maharaj, he heard that knowledge, and he was blessed. He himself says that I was blessed by Devashinara, his spiritual master, so he did not forget that knowledge. So he continued, so in the body of a small child, he has that knowledge. And he's looking at his father, Hiranyakashipu, who is actually materialist, under the influence uh, and delusion. So, and he's seeing that his father is attracted by women and wealth. 
and he's saying so okay we're, yes. so so just to put us back into context yes. we're back to, we're back to Prahlad <laughs> Maharaj yes. on his father's lap and his father says son what did you learn at school yes. today yeah what did you learn at school today and Prahlad simply says and he actually is talking to his father telling him that a person who is in a grihastha life who is a householder a family mm-hmm. life should give up the family life because it is like a dark well and the coupon now okay and the well dark. this brings us yes. right back this is this is hitting the uh the nail <laughs> on the head with confidential knowledge yes because he doesn't take it like no nicely. but, but mm-hmm. how many people should hear that like in general in the world yes you don't want to tell people you don't want to encourage people to abandon their family no and that they, seems yes. to be mm-hmm. one way to interpret what Prahlad said. Don't get involved in family life. They're just going to weigh you down. So, head and for the hills, man. Yes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Head but that's hills. not good advice for everybody. And it's not especially for Hirakashipu. His father is furious and he is saying, oh, but then he thinks, what does a small child know? Maybe somebody has polluted his mind. Yeah, like, up his who, ears okay, where words. is he getting these ideas? So he's saying, oh, somebody is coming to the, you know, school, his school, Gurukul. And so he chastises Shanda and Amarka, his teachers, and saying that, watch out who's coming and polluting my child's Yeah, where know, is he getting this information? Because or too deep a topic for a child to know. That's how a father is interpreting. And they take Prahlad back to school. And like teachers do, you know, when they want to extract out, they behave like in the sweetest possible wife, in the most, you know, in the nicest way they ask him, where are you learning this? Who is this personality? And at that time, Prahlad Maharaj is meditating that my teachers are thinking someone is enemy, someone is friend, and they're differentiating under my father. So he starts telling them one should not think of people as friends or enemies. And that was heavy philosophy for them. <laughs> and they didn't take it. So they said, okay, bring me a stick and let me teach him a lesson, punish him. Because they are afraid that this particular mentality is not good for because once Hinakashipu starts believing that they are not able to control, they may get, you know, some of his what do you say, duplication of his anger or displeasing behavior. So now Prahlan Maharaj realizing his teacher's reaction, his father's reaction. He just acts dumb and he just obeys and says, does what they wanted. Second time, when they think that he's sufficiently educated, they bring him back in front of his father after his mother had nicely dressed. So Prahlad, like a five-year-old boy, nicely dressed, standing in front of his father, and he immediately pays obeisances because he has taken to the heart, to the teachings, where it says that you consider your parents, your teachers, equal to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. They are not the Supreme Personality of God, but understand that they are the servant. And he understands the concept of ekatvam, oneness, that we covered today. Right? Achintya bheda bheda tattva. Mm-hmm. It's inconceivable, one and different at the same time. And how can it be? It's inconceivable. You cannot. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think, I think concept. we're getting. Yeah, we don't want to get sure. too right. far into the weeds here so, with the. Right. No. <laughs> no, but what we. Yeah, but it upsets. It's again, a materialist person who is into sense gratification 
gets upset at times when they yeah. come to know of it. So one of the ways that we have seen Srila Prabhupada try to bring the knowledge to person who is too much into sense gratification is but with his sweetness. Sometimes they would argue, right? means again the visitors who would come to me, Srila Prabhupada, mm-hmm. and they would start an argument. Then Srila Prabhupada would many times stop the argument and say, please serve him prashadam. Right. And that right. prashadam, you know, man's way to the heart is through his stomach. Yeah, and, and just an act of kindness. Acts of to, kindness. It's like, we're not here to argue. We're here exactly. to um, have a nice experience exactly. and to have a good time. Right. Um, yeah. I, I think, you know, <laughs> yeah, coming back I, to I, the I'm sure certain listeners, listeners are still thinking, how long was his mother pregnant? <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> okay, like, let me give like, you another you example. No, wait, did that really happen? Yes. And oh, it really happened. Yes. And his grandmother, Diti, today we covered in third canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, in, in chapter class, 15, in, class in the class, this morning. that his mother, Diti... Whose mother? Uh, Hirakashipu's mother. So, okay. Prahlad's grandmother, yeah. Diti, she was pregnant for 100 years. Same concept. So, exactly. she was pregnant for only 100 years. Because her, Not the earthly her years, daughter... Hundred heavenly years, because her daughter-in-law was hundred uh, heavenly years. Now, those years translate because of the relativity of the location on a different... Okay, yeah, all right. Better. So, where is this place? Oh, good point. That's the residence <laughs> of Kashyapamuni. That's the residence of Kashyapamuni. where is it? Uh, it doesn't tell us. Uh, means actually, I have not understood that. So maybe it mm. has not been revealed to me because I'm not mature to that level. Okay. Uh, another example given in Shrimad Bhagavatam is when a king goes to invite uh, Lord Brahma and has to wait for a little while. Lord Brahma says everything has changed back home on earth because right. he is a Satyuga. In Satyuga, few, like a day of Brahma is thousand Kalpas, which is thousand times the four yugas. Okay, so we're getting we're, we're getting yeah. so we are th- going there into are the relative time, time distortions yes. or time understanding of time one I don't know being or place yes. relative to another mm-hmm. shifts. Yes. Although when yes. this was written, yes, uh, Einstein hadn't been here yet to explain mm-hmm. relativity, oh. so. Why? Uh, I mean, how did how did how did everyone before 1900 understand this? Okay, so let me just go back a little bit to your okay. statement. So Newton wasn't there till he realized the Newton's law, right? The law of gravitational force. So did the apples stop falling before that? No, but we didn't understand the inverse square relationship. Okay. Yes. So Einstein explained it. And like Newton gave the, you know, gravitation. Yeah. No, he laws. didn't. He didn't make anything happen. Right. He simply he described and described what was, what was observed. Yes. Right. So similarly, in Shrimad Bhagavatam, it is described at different instances what was observed, and I also understand that Shrimad Bhagavatam is commentary. It's a commentary on Vedanta. Mm. So Vedanta is a big subject, and it has multiple volumes of. Puranas. Puranas means ancient literature, right? 
And yeah. I would admit this, I have no knowledge of what that composes of, but it's huge. And what has happened is that after Devashinara visits Vyasadeva, he instructs that you need to address and bring the focus to devotional service towards Lord Krishna. So, to Lord Krishna. And so, he writes Srimad Bhagavatam. And that satisfies him. Okay. I'm coming to this from a mm-hmm. Western perspective. Sure. I wasn't raised in this. Yes. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's unfamiliar to me. Yes. Some t- stuff that I have difficulty with. Yes. Um, and so, <laughs> I find out, okay, uh, a fundamental scripture is the Bhagavad Gita. And yes. then after you've sort of uh, gotten familiar with that, you can move on to the Srimad Bhagavatam, which is, which is big. There's mm-hmm. a, it's a big work. Yes. It takes a long time to go through that. And then I find out, mm-hmm. oh, that's just commentary yes. on something much bigger? Yes. So I have basically, I, it's, this is like hearing about something third and fourth hand. I, I don't know even, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with the source material. So I'm getting a distillation of a distillation of a distillation. But it's coming from Vyasadeva, who is a Shaktavishavtar of Lord Krishna. So Lord Krishna himself, Lord Krishna but says in on the what, but, but on what do you, do you base your fundamental belief? And I know that your belief is real. Why is this true? Why is this true? Yeah. Why is water wet? Why is fire hot? Why no, is why sun is shining? Why is the Srimad Bhagavatam true? Why do you trust it? Because it's based on realizations and it's coming in the disciplic succession. And you practice it in your life, right? Mm-hmm. So when you practice something and you see it happening, if you say, okay, 2 plus 2 is 4, you know, a small child doesn't know what 2 plus 2 equals 4 means, but you yeah. tell them, okay, you have to. But that's an analogy for what? What are you What are you uh, making an analogy for here? Now, in this particular case, all I'm trying to identify is that Bhagavatam is actually the glories of the Lord and His devotees, right? So it's giving us narration of those Mahabhagavas, those devotees, and those circumstances for us to take teachings from, right? Learning but it from. has stuff that we can't really wrap our minds around, like a pregnancy that lasts... Uh, that long. Yes. <laughs> okay, and that's not the yes. only instance of something where you're like, this is, I have no, like, how, and so, but, yes. despite many sort of experiences and, and realities that it's like, well, this is way, I, I have no idea what what's going on here. Yes. You still absolutely believe it. Yes. And, uh, I'm, and what I want to know is why. Okay. So, I'll give you an example, and coming directly from Srimad Bhagavatam. Okay. So, when Lord Brahma wants to know what was his origin, who is his origin, where mm-hmm. did he come from? And so, he hears, since first for 100 years, he is in those waters, you know, going down the stem of the lotus flower where he is born, and then he's trying to search. He cannot find the source. Can then I he hear the words tapa? No, he no, understands okay. it. Oh, okay, and, and right. I, I just want to clarify here. Sure. What you said was, Lord Brahma is the original the first entity living in this entity. universe. Yes. So apparently when he appeared here, there was nobody else. Nobody else. But he yes. was sitting on a lotus flower. Yes. 
That's he, he awoke right. on a lotus flower. Yes. And the lotus flower, the stem of the lotus flower descended into the water. Waters. And so he went and down. And so he went down waters. through the stem? Yes, holding to, the stem. Because he wants to know, where am I? What's going on? Yes. What is my origin? Where, where did I come from? Right. And okay. now if he hears the word tapa, he hears the he word understands tapa. what it means. And tapa means? To meditate. It does? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was um, austerity. Yeah, so austerity is that, you know, he's performing that austerity. And when he performs austerity for hundred or you know, heavenly years, yeah. then many hundreds, it says, then he gets the realization. Then Krishna reveals himself Krishna. to him. Okay. So Lord Krishna, you know, who is the cause in this material world. So when Lord Krishna reveals himself, and then imparts him. So you need to get the knowledge of your source from the source, right? Okay. Yeah. Right. So if you get your knowledge from the source, it's reliable. Well, yes. Like, yeah, you, you want an eyewitness, basically. Yes. You want an eyewitness how you came around. Mm -hmm. So you ask your parents. So you look at your parents, you understand, okay, so I came from them. They came from mm -hmm. their parents. They came from their parents. And finally, what was the origin? Mm -hmm. So origin is Krishna. So that's what this scripture reveals. So in reality, to know what is the truth, the absolute truth, Mm -hmm. We have to approach the supreme truth. Mm -hmm. So here, you know, since all these literatures in Bhagavad Gita is spoken by Krishna, right? Song of God. Mm -hmm. Then we have Srimad Bhagavatam, yep. song about God and his devotees, right? It's a Bhagavatam. It's a Srimad Bhagavatam. So it's yeah. And which, you know, I, I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm still not totally clear on what gives it its validity, what gives it its status. Right. So, Srimad Bhagavatam is written by Srila Vyasadeva. Srila Vyasadeva wrote empowered it. incarnation of Krishna. Mm -hmm. And it is further being instructed to him by Devashi Narad, his spiritual master, who has received it from his father, who is his spiritual master, Lord Brahma, who received it from Krishna. That's why he says, Sarva Karana okay, So we trust so it trust by tracing back its source. Yes. And in the disciplic succession, the process is that you take the message as is. You do not convolute the message. So you act like a postman. Okay. A postman gives you a letter. Mm -hmm. When you open the letter, the message does not change. But but this brings us back to the confidential thing. Yes. Um, okay. So you don't want to tamper with the message. You want to take no. it from the source. Yes. You want the letter from the person who wrote it. You yes. want the letter that they wrote. Yes. You don't want to mess around with it. No. But we have a situation where some parts are confidential mm -hmm. because people have a tendency to tamper with these parts. Yes. Um, and there's another aspect. Okay. Also, we look at the instructions coming in the disciplic succession. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu discussed Rasalila only with his inner circle confidential devotees. He would not discuss that. So it's probably not a good idea yes. to talk about the Rasalila with anybody. I mean, I uh, mean, by, with unless by, we, yeah. I mean, it's not for general sharing. Right. It is openly there in the book. It's yeah. Yeah. So if somebody it, right? buys the book, they can read it. Yet at the same time, you don't converse about it. 
when you feel that it's you are not liberated, because Srila Prabhupada clearly said that Rasalila is a topic only for liberated souls. And if a material contaminated person reads it and misinterprets, then they, they well, can Well, then who would have the presumption to, to say that I'm qualified to read it? Oh, I'm a liberated soul. <laughs> I'll read it. You know what I mean? Like, who would say that? <laughs> Doesn't that disqualify? I mean, um, so basically, if you hear about the Rasalila, you would automatically distrust the person who's talking about it because the implication is that they think that they're liberated, which in a way is a catch-22. Yes, it is. Because as soon as you think you're liberated, you're probably not. Yes. Right? Yes. Again, in the disciplic succession, uh, the process is you just follow your acharyas and they discuss the topic based on your maturity level, right? Mm -hmm. So, and it is revealed how to them by your questions. Mm -hmm. And an acharya is very adapt, I mean, they should be adapt, that they, when you ask them the question, then they can understand what's your maturity level and how you're asking that question. Mm -hmm. If a novice devotee and comes to his you know, spiritual master and says, tell me about Rasalila, that's a confidential topic. He knows. And mm -hmm. he immediately diverts. How does Shemad Bhavatam start? It starts with Canto 1. How's the recommendation coming? It's saying, read chapter by chapter and advance. So by the time you are at Canto 10, you would have the mindset to be able to read and somewhat uh, have a concept of... And let me explain. The Srimad Bhagavatam is a large uh, work in Sanskrit, mm -hmm. and it's it consists of basically um, 12, cantos. 12, 12 cantos or books. And in the 10th one is the description of the what we're talking about now, Krishna is the Rasalila, which is the most confidential yes. uh, pastimes of Krishna. And um, However, those, that's not the only confidential thing in the, in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Yeah. And uh, even what you mentioned about Prahlad Maharaj, I, I, I still think it, you shouldn't go around telling people that they shouldn't, that their families are just going to weigh them down and are going to waste their time. Like, <laughs> no, you not should a, not. That, that, I myself am a Grehstha. See, we, again, you have a family. That, yes, I have a family. Even Vaishnavanam, Yatha Shambhu, Lord Shiva is also a family man. Uh-huh. Lord Brahma is also a family man. Again, Prahlad Maharaj is giving the instruction to his father because he's seeing his father falling down because of that overwhelming influence of running after women and wealth. So he's trying to influence so, his okay. father. So his message is, 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 specifically is tailored specifically his dad. for his father. Yes. By the way, it doesn't work. I know. And that fires back. That fires back. Now, second time, when Hinakashipu sees and has been consoled and informed by his teachers that he has learned the political science, the economics to be a good ruler, he seats him nicely in his lap again, smells his head like a father. Mm -hmm. right? He's having all that affection. And yes, and he's even having tears in his eyes because of that excessive love and the way Prahlad paid obeisances to him, you know, reflected like an obedient son. And he says, what's the best knowledge you have mm. gained? And at that time, Prahlad Maharaj, what does he say? He says the nine process of devotional service. He says that's the best knowledge. Shemanam Kirtanam Vishnu, Smaranam Pada Sevanam, Archanam Vandanam Dasyam, Sakyam Atmanivedanam. 
Now, the reason yes. this is upsetting for Prahlad's father is because he's basically describing how to serve Vishnu, Vishnu who Hiranyakashipu has a personal vendetta against. Yes, because Hiranyaksh was his younger brother, was killed by Vishnu in Varaha farm. Now, if I could make an analogy, yes. um, let's say your father is really a, 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 a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Yes. And he sits his son down and goes, son, what's your favorite team? And the son says, well, it's San Diego Chargers. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Outrage ensues. Yes. Of course, this is on a little higher level. Right. But, uh, yeah, so he basically, um, uh, he's, he's off the, the, the whole program. Is, is, yes. is, is, this is now a father, can a father really behave in this manner? He throws his son down from his lap and asks his soldiers to kill his son. Take his son away and kill him. Mm. Now that's a father. So you can imagine, he actually took to the heart that my son has an alliance with my enemy. Well, does well, if we stop there, sure. Um, uh, maybe this contains some advice for sons. Uh huh. Maybe you should <laughs> say the Philadelphia Eagles are your favorite team, <laughs> even if you like the San Diego Chargers. Because look what happens. His father's outraged. His father tries to kill him. We don't want things to go to that extreme. We don't want to go this level. This is something we want to avoid. <laughs> As is the instruction coming from Srila Prabhupada. Yes, you are strong, but do not compromise the philosophy, but be very careful of your situation. And Prahlad Maharaj, from his examples, he teaches us that. That is only going to cause anger in that envious heart right. who is rebellious against right. the yeah. Lord. So this, and yet at the same time, Prahlad Maharaj is not harmed by any weapons, any poison snake, any uh, stomping of yeah. elephants. But we should not try it at home. No, <laughs> no, not to and get in this. And you direction. don't want to do a test and provoke your father. Yes. To in, in, in insanity. Yes. So and again, you have to also understand that all this is happening as a pastime because Hirnakashipu is not a common demon. He is son of Diti, that's why he's called Datya. Yeah. And his father is Kashyapamuni, who happens to be, I believe, the grandson okay. of Brahma, so the first living entity. Um, Hirnakashyapu was cursed by Brahmanas in his, you know, when he was a resident of uh, Vaikuntaloka. He was Jay, one of the doorkeepers, the gatekeeper of Lord Vishnu. And because of that curse, this was his first birth okay. coming on. But, but so a, now we're dealing with superhumans. Yes. Um, uh, like beyond ordinary people. Yes. Uh, in, in pastimes, parts of which are very hard to See, relate yeah, to and accept. Right. So why are we to assume that out of all of this, we can derive a, um, a teaching that's actually applicable to a real person? The teaching applicable to a real person yeah, because, because it gives us examples, like, like it teaches are, us what to do when we are faced in this situation. We shouldn't so be. So, is this important to know the story about Prahlad Maharaj? It actually teaches a devotee not to upset people who are not yet devotees. Mm. What not to do? <laughs> you know, I've never heard this angle of this story. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, you know, 
I guess everyone, generally what I've heard is a very pro-prolod uh, yes. thing, which but, is like whatever he says is perfect. But maybe what he does is show what not to do. Yes, he actually be- behaves dumb. Right mm. after that first chastisement to ch- second mm-hmm. chastisement. He didn't take his father's advice. From second chastisement to the third one, however, he does things in the background, not yeah. directly now, in But there's the another thing going on angle. here, uh-huh. and that is yes. Prahlad experiences, uh, and so, you know, uh, spoiler alert, uh, Prahlad uh, exhibits symptoms of madness. Yes. He he's not totally in control of what he's doing. He has a, um, he's acting out of a sort of a religious ecstasy. Yes, he becomes ecstatic. He sings, he dances, he cries, he laughs. And maybe even his responses to his father aren't really premeditated or thought through. No? No, actually his uh, instructions are right on the mark. And again, you have to also understand that they are not under the influence of Lord's external energy of, as we say, under the regular delusion Mm -hmm. a materialistic person seeking sense gratification would be. Both are under the influence of Lord's higher potency. Mm -hmm. And so they are influenced that way and that's why this event is happening the way it's happening. Where Prahlad is giving a response which is causing his father because one of the things that has been told to earlier when all the other demigods were devotees of Lord Vishnu, where, you know, they approached the Lord and said, please, you know, stop Hiranakashipu somehow or another. Mm-hmm. He says, yes, I will come and kill him when he will torment his son Prahlad. Who said that? That was Lord Vishnu in his voice. So they couldn't see him, but they could hear. Because it's, it's funny, I thought you were talking about, I always get a kick out of uh, the beginning of the story. Yes. People notice that Hiranyakashipu's becoming powerful mm-hmm. and uh, starting to um, have an influence on, on celestial events. Yes. And so all of the demigods become alarmed Yes. and they go to Lord Brahma, the yes. first entity, mm-hmm. the one who woke up on the lotus flower, right. and they say, uh, we have a problem. Yes. Uh, could you deal with this? And, uh, <laughs> and <they laughs> Brahma <all> goes, <laughs> goes ask, he goes to Hiranyakashipu and says, wow, this is really amazing. Uh, Mm-hmm. Tell me what you want, I'll give it to you. And uh, you right. can imagine the reaction of all of the other demigods who are like, oh, wait a minute, we thought you were going to fix this. You're making it worse. Right, because it was interesting, and Brahma didn't go alone. So Brahma himself is grandfather of Hiranyakashipu, right? If you look from the lineage perspective. Oh. He's taking Daksha with him, mm. who's father of his mother Diti. And Hiranyakashipu takes pride in being called Daitya, son of Diti. Mm. And then the third is, he's taking Bhrigumuni with him, who's father of Shukracharya, who's the spiritual master of Hiranyakashipu, who instructed Hiranyakashipu to perform these extreme austerities. So he's taking personalities who can influence Hiranyakashipu. And he's the and demigods have warned him that Hiranyakashipu is seeking immortality. So he doesn't give immortality. Yet at the same time, yes, you're right, that he is satisfied and he grants him a boon which is which, so hard to which break. Is, all the demigods are like, uh, that's not what we asked you to do. Right. At all. <laughs> <laughs> now 
<laughs> so there's a lot of layers here. I think yes. that this is a story mm -hmm. that gets told way too simply. Yes. Generally. It's way more complicated than exactly. people generally acknowledge. Think it is, yes. And even, okay, so Hiranyakashipu, he, well, I mean, he wants to be immortal. And um, basically, he works out a contract. Yes. And what does his contract? I will not be killed in day or night. He won't be killed in the day or at night. He will not be killed inside the house or outside the house. Okay. Inside or outside. He will not be killed by any living entity created by Brahma uh -huh. or every, any living entity beyond Brahma. So here he is covering himself not just by the living entities created well, by Brahma, that's a little... but also ones who are beyond Brahma, well, like okay. Shiva and Vishnu. He also was. He also said, uh, "Okay, basically these." Brahma said, "Tell me what you want." Yes, and and he didn't say. For some reason, technic for, uh, on a technicality, he couldn't just say, "Make me immortal." So he said. Don't kill me. I don't want to die during the day or at night. Yeah. On the ground or in, or the, in air, the air. Yes. At night or in at the day, or inside day. or outside. Inside, outside. Not by anything living, living or anything, anything dead. dead. Not by any weapon. Right. Or, you know, living beings. And I'd be always victorious in the battlefield. So if he is yes. on a battlefield, ready to so fight. So it it's a pretty strong contract. Yes. And, and so he was like, Okay, this is what I want. Um, now he, he now you were going to say something. He couldn't just come out and say, "I, I want to be immortal." He actually asked for that boon that I want to be immortal. Then Lord Brahma responded that even I'm not immortal. How can I give you something that I don't have? Okay, okay. So, so, something so, else. so, so he instead he evolved this this very smart contract sure. of uh, conditions. Yes, uh, which should make him almost immortal. I think his idea was to be immortal. Yes. Uh, it, it was, he, he was like, I think this is airtight. I don't yes. think I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he covered everything that was, you know, known at the time yeah. to him. And it, it was, it, and it was, it's actually very elegant. It's yes. very well thought out. Yes. It's very much like if these conditions are fulfilled, if I'm not going to be killed at night during the, or in the day on the ground or in the Guns, sky yeah. by anything, living, anything or living or dead, dead. Um, inside uh, the house, outside in, the house, inside or outside, like I've pretty room. much got myself covered. Right. I, I shouldn't actually I, like this is as close to saying "make me immortal" as you yes. can probably get. Yes. Now, I just want to throw in a personal note here, mm -hmm. um, and that is when I lived in Chicago. Yes. I I, I uh, was when I first encountered the Hare Krishnas. I was actually mm -hmm. working in a produce store, and yes. we started to donate our old produce to the Chicago Temple. So somebody gave mm -hmm. me a Bhagavad Gita. I read the Bhagavad Gita, very intriguing. And I've always been a reader, and um, so read the Srimad Bhagavatam. Mm -hmm. And uh, for some reason, I, I I can't really explain my behavior. I memorized the story of Prahlad Maharaj. So I could yes. sit and recite for two hours mm -hmm. from memory yes. the story of Prabhupada's translation of Prahlad Maharaj. So, and I say mm -hmm. this just so that you know that I'm familiar with the story. Very nice. Very familiar. Yes. So I know it's, I know what goes on. <laughs> and that's why it can right. be a little frustrating when people are like, 
Well, Prahlad was good, Hiranyakashipu was bad, Hiranyakashipu started to be violent, and then he got killed. And it's like, no. yeah. so you this, is, this, is, this is so, this takes all the interesting stuff out of it. Exactly. You know. Again, if you look at it, Prabhupada himself is saying that Hiranyakashipu's birth was on, almost on the same level as Lord Krishna's appearance. Both were arranged by Yogamaya. His internal potency, not by Mahamaya, the external potency, well, you're, and you're, that itself is a. You're losing me a little bit here. Yeah. you're losing me a little bit. Okay. I mean, the difference between Yoga Maya, Mahamaya, Mahatmanas to Mampata. I mean, I don't know what these <laughs> yes. are. I, I can't so, yes. really relate to that. Right. I mean, who who was responsible for his birth? Mm, yeah. Uh, th that loses me a little bit. Right. So when Krishna in the spiritual world wants to enjoy, right? The arrangement is done by... Okay, but now we're getting also into this sort of... We're in into the realm right. of the 100,000 year pregnancy. Right. This yes. is not something I can really relate to. Mm -hmm. yes. um, but, so I do want to steer us back to sure. sort of nuts and bolts. Right. Things that... Uh, so it is in yeah. So it is hard topic. You understand yourself that when people do not understand, they try to bring this story of Prahlad Maharaj and Kashipu to saying bad guy, good guy. Uh, yeah. There's a fight. Bad guy dies. Good guy becomes they make the king. It digestible by children, right? But it's not a children's story. No, it's not. It has as many good points. It's very important. So when you go out preaching, you have to see some Patra. You have to see the time. You have to see, you know, again, who you are talking to, what's your audience, right? Mm -hmm. You have to time, place, and circumstances. Where are you? Is it the right time? Are you at the right place? There are four things that we should be careful when kind of like preaching. First is to understand that what we are preaching, first of all, is the are we qualified enough to talk that topic, speak on that mm. topic, first aspect. Then the second aspect is, is the audience mm -hmm. are at that level to be able to understand this topic. Then third is, is this topic something that they can absorb given the time frame and would not agitate their mind? Mm -hmm. And that, that is an art. Shri Prabhupada said, a leader knows how to bend the stick just up to the point that it doesn't snap. Mm -hmm. So that's that's a very delicate point. And then, can they really practice it? You tell them great story, but then they just take it as entertainment and go back to do all the nonsense they were doing, then all your effort is a waste. Right, right. So you want it to be oriented that people can bring it to practice. Now, let let me. Sure. Uh, I want to shift <laughs> gears sure. uh, kind of dramatically here. Yes. Are you? Were you born in India? Yes, I was born in India. Where in India? Bhopal in Madhya Pradesh. Were your parents uh, devotees of Krishna? Uh, they were devotees, but we had Krishna, Lord Ramchandra. Okay. You know, this is Mother a familiar Sita, story. And yeah, Lord Shiva. We right. had all the demigods. Many of the demigods. Since the childhood, uh, my father, he used to read Ramayana to us, Valmiki uh -huh. Ramayana, that uh, text to us on Diwali and so many other occasions, right. like Ram Navmi and others. We also used to maintain, uh, observe Janmashtami, and during mm -hmm. Diwali also used to do Govardhan, uh, you know, Puja. 
and that's coming from uh, UP. Govardhan Puja. Oh, we Govardhan. have that Govardhan Hill Puja, mm. but uh, there's a North Indian version of that that he used to do with cow dungs and all okay. that stuff. You know, but would you say duties. that it was your family was religious? Yes. My uh, grandpa, he would come during the summer vacation, believe me. That was tough because every morning he would make me sit and read whole Bhagavad Gita, the Sanskrit text from start to end every day for two months. Wow. And I was a small child. I was How like, old were you? I was like seven, eight years old. So this was an austerity for you? Yes, yes. Unknowingly, because I was doing it for one rupee. So there was a <laughs> bribe. Oh, okay. there, was a, there, was, <laughs> there was a reward. There was a, lot, a reward at the end, of the, <laughs> the end of the austerity. Yes. So, so what? You had like, what, 30 rupees at the end of the month? Yes, you could say that, <laughs> which was big at that time. But he was, it was yes. obviously important to him that you, yes, that you knew the Bhagavad Gita. Yes, he would make my brother and sisters sit while I would read and he would correct me at times. Uh, I would make a lot of mistakes. What do you expect, a seven, eight-year-old child try to learn that complex text? It was... I mean, yeah. how do you feel about that now? I feel that that was a blessing, mm. a gas sukriti, I believe. Mm -hmm. So that's how when we came to U.S., you know, in in when uh, actually '95, mm -hmm. and we were just 15 minutes away from the temple. So we came to the temple, and at that time there were only a few devotees at the temple. So we have been coming for the last 22 years to this yeah. temple for 22 yes. years. Yes, and have, you've lived 15 minutes away yes. for the entire time. Yes, yeah, we so live really very close to where we first came. So you've seen it evolve and change over two decades. Drastically, yes. Drastically. Yes, especially for us, Miss. It was life transforming for us. Initially when we came, we still had a lot of materialistic concept. We came to US to become materially more prosperous, to give mm -hmm. better facilities to our children, to have better facilities for ourselves. That was the mindset, right? Were you Hare Krishnas at the time? No, I was an IT professional. So okay. I was already, you know, four years I had been working in India. Then I came over here. Me and my wife both are from IT. Uh -huh. So both of us were working here uh, for IT companies. And uh, then for the last 10 years, we are more into coaching and training. So we coach IT professionals and train them on various specific areas. Uh-huh. And... Uh, I would say means it was transforming because by the grace of all the Vaishnavas, you know, by the grace of uh, the Vaishnavas, the devotees at the temple, we got so much help. We literally felt, and uh, I can go back in time if you have time. Yeah. Uh, we were always wondering because when we would come in, there will be just few people, uh, you know, in the temple. Uh, like from Indian origin, uh -huh. and we were literally near the bench standing, trying to see what's going on while the devotees were going back and forth. You know, Shasti Prabhu and other devotees, they would be but dancing and doing kirtan. We used to have aati on Sundays in the evening, hmm. around 7 o'clock, back in those days. So we would be surprised, and that was something new. We had what, not what, observed. What was new about it? Because in India, we had not seen people dancing in this manner. We had not seen really? the temple. First thing, when you go to the temple, the idea is they would have some red tilak available that you'll put on your forehead. Yeah. You know, there will be a lamp. You'll make some offering. You'll bow down. And then the priest will chant some mantras. 
and you know you could have the priest come to your home that was like a very materialistic mindset where mm. you want something you come to the temple you ask the lord for that so it was more in the mood of ignorance doing bhakti uh, it's like or or business right or like, business yeah more of passion yeah mm. means we if and krishna says in bhagavad gita that people do these practices in different modes so yeah. when we were ch- children we went with our parents to the temple completely ignorance okay he is all in all just pay obeisances because we are asking you to pay obeisances we didn't understand what that was so then so as we became you know mature we understood he is the supreme he can give us whatever we want Mm. So now we are doing trade. We are praying right, 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 to get right. something. That's in mode of passion. Mm-hmm. It took us a while to realize that actually we shouldn't be asking anything. We should be in the mode of serving. But but was that realization after you came here, or is that in India? No, that realization happened here. Here. Yes, we read Bhagavad Gita, and uh, we. I assume Bhagavad Gita as it is. As it is. Now, yes. had you not read that in India? No. you came here and now did you just come to this temple because it was near your house actually we went to all the other temples uh-huh. uh in the vicinity we went to durga temple went to uh there was a kali temple even uh-huh. silver spring uh we went to rajasthani temple i don't know if you know and there is ssvt temple and we would drive to actually uh in pittsburgh there is really? an ssvt temple on weekends sometimes So this was one of the temple but then we got attracted hmm. looking at the devotees the sincerities the happy faces and then the philosophy was so deep it just attracts you well and also you said you came in you hadn't seen people jumping around and dancing like this before yes and i would say i was one of the first indians who joined that group okay. to start oh, wait a minute, dancing wait a minute. Them, yes. let me let me let me sort this out a little sure. bit So you were surprised there were a few other Indians here at the temple but mm-hmm. mostly it was um white Americans Yes and it was all white Americans It was all white Americans doing the dancing yes, and yes. jumping around Yes Okay now in India you hadn't seen people doing this kind of dancing or you hadn't seen white people doing this kind of dancing I hadn't seen white people doing this kind of dancing But you had seen Indians do this Yes So in India means we celebrate many festivals uh like you have Ganesh Chaturthi that's a celebration where you take Lord Ganesha on the road and people are dancing right okay you have uh, uh Goddess Durga after Navdurga there is again a big congregation going taking yeah. Goddess Durga statue uh, statue for visarjan in the waters again you have lot of devotees taking that position and dancing done that seen that uh goddess tugas temple have uh jagrata all uh-huh. night they sing the glories of goddess yeah. durga durga goddess durga is a devotee of lord krishna mm-hmm. we know because her name is vishnu devi vishnu devi means a devotee of lord vishnu and uh, her husband is lord shiva is uh, number one is the topmost vishnu mm-hmm. so this understanding came little later on otherwise but okay so what's interesting yes. uh, well at least at this little little segment here is that there was a color barrier when you came here but it was in reverse 
Now, actually, it was not a color barrier for me, but most of the other people, yes, because, because I am a hybrid. Because it was Indians sort of watching white people. I have European ancestry, you didn't know. What's that? I have European ancestry also in me. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, my grandma was a Portuguese. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. But you said you were one of the first Indians to join. No, dancing. Dancing. Yes. Now, that's where the color barrier, apparently you helped break that color barrier or that what was it, a cultural barrier. Some sort of like, you were one of the first Indians. to. I didn't see any other Indian dancing with me. I just saw white Americans. Okay. Well, actually, so I wouldn't is, say just white. Because I had, I, we had yeah, all variation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really but there was a, some yeah. sort of separation when you came that you helped yeah. eliminate, eliminate that yes. separation. Yes. It just looked natural. It just looked like, you know, so well, see, this is easy. A, this is an interesting... Um, cultural sort of situation that I don't think we've really talked too much about. Um, but anyway, sure. anyway, so you came here and saw the sort of celebration and dance by Americans, which threw you off a little bit. It actually attracted us. So we started coming mm -hmm. here more often mm -hmm. than going to other temples mm -hmm. because all the other temples we were seeing, you know, one person is leading and they're giving instructions, they're doing everything. Too ritualistic, play mm -hmm. by the rule, you do this, otherwise yeah. that happens. So, and out here, we saw free-spirited free Americans right. really, you know... Having fun. Having fun, yes. yes. Like Shri Papa says, Krishna consciousness and all and recreation, right? Chanting, dancing and eating, and then chanting, yeah. dancing and eating. I think that's certainly one of... It's one of the things that keeps me coming here is that yes. I really do see people having fun. Yes. That's important. <laughs> Maybe, you know, like, you really can't underestimate the importance of that. Oh, really. Yeah. Yes. What does Srila uh, Prabhupada in his writing in Srimad Bhagavatam, he has said that every step is a dance, every mm -hmm. word is a song. So mm -hmm. you can imagine what that place would be where every step is a dance. You know, mm. which means that you are in complete bliss inside out. It's you're so much filled with love that it's pouring through your very senses. Well, yeah, I mean, I, eyes, I don't, I don't, I can't say that I have that experience, but, uh, you know, maybe someday. <laughs> <laughs> All you need to do is join the kitchen party. <laughs> but you, so that was, when this happened was, I would assume, the first couple of years you were here. Yes. And and uh, you seem to have implied that there has been a, a, a large change over the past twenty years mm -hmm. between yes, where it is years. now and what, where it was two decades ago. Yes. How, how would you sum up that change? I would say things have changed, but I would say especially the last decade, uh -huh. a lot of positive changes I have seen. Uh, means again our programs are more well organized now oh, okay. as you see uh, we have better uh, arrangements when it comes to congregation when it comes to making sure the proper programs are arranged proper events are arranged we didn't see that in the past so again it was a little more chaotic a little more chaotic less, less organized i would say like sometimes we just see two families in the back and then 15 20 devotees running in the front mm -hmm. and that was most of it Sometimes on special occasions, we'll see the crowd. 
mm-hmm. and the crowd was still like everyone there for themselves kind of crowd you know mm-hmm. if there were indian community folks who were you know people joining in and we were coming with the same mindset and we didn't understand half the philosophy at times mm. it was just like you said we were not even elementary level we were not even ready for the entry so we mm. couldn't even understand at that time the philosophy that was being discussed we were reading bhagavad gita as it is it's written in very simple language but if your mind is not shaped ready to take that shape it's trying to get you in that frame of mind yeah that you need to read it may not sink in because you are only seeking oh, which shloka do I have to recite so many times that I get this benefit and which shloka oh. do I recite and there is, that is not the mindset the mindset yeah. is of service mm-hmm. you know it's all focused on devotional service which is the constitutional position of a living entity so Srila Prabhupada is giving us Bhagavad Gita as it is he is not tailoring it to a ritualistic Uh, so community. did you always think that or or is that something you've come to appreciate over time? I have come to appreciate it over time and growing with it and continue to grow with it again. But and and you seem like um as far as the Hari Krishnas go, you're 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 all in. Yes. You're like <laughs> <laughs> I mean you you're 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 focused here. Like this is for you this is your religion I love your it, yes. practice your culture very interesting uh, you use the word religion mm-hmm. and uh, religion when prashila prabhupad used it he used it more associated with faith mm-hmm. like astik and one of the you know nine qualities of brahmana has is religiousness mm-hmm. while dharma dharma is a constitutional position it's the very nature Yeah. of the soul of the living entity so that's also very important and when the soul feels happiness then it's easy to you know see that it becomes peaceful and i think that's where the difference is when you see the happiness you know in the clubs or in your mm. uh you know colleague circle and all that that is still has the element of jealousy envy trying to be controller trying to be better trying to become you know like the supreme that's a different mindset it's like trying to be so much well, for it's, it's an a it's yeah. a dharmic right like it's right. It's, it's not it's, yeah it, it takes you away from your dharma right now dharma is a is a is a subtle and complicated idea yes. that i think it's that we have quality. we have a simplified idea in the west just like many of us have a very simplistic idea of the story of Prahlad Maharaj yes. too simple right. like, like it's actually it's it's complex yes however uh you know it's interesting that there are a lot of sort of spiritual groups uh in the Washington DC area i would presume in most major cities and a lot of the leaders of these groups have come out of a um a background of therapy Mm-hmm. psychology and mm-hmm. their their focus it, what i see happening is the understanding of well-being mm-hmm. and spirituality are are coming together in a lot yes. of ways and incorporating from various traditions and various cultures but but the notion is that well-being is a symptom of being on the right path it's um sort of uh, say it's sort of like um 
the the correctness of what you're doing is reflected in your mental health. Mm-hmm. And so your uh, what you said about dharma is implies the same thing. You you see if you see happy people mm-hmm. who are attracted and yeah, that the, there's. There's some implication there. Their happiness is a symptom of being on the right path, of being dharmic. Yes. To be really happy, first you have to be peaceful. Yeah. And to be peaceful, you need to have that connection inside, right? So just like water is wet, fire is, you know, bright and hot, the very no- nature of the soul is eternal servant of Krishna. Mm. So when we are eternally serving, it matters who we are serving. So once you become, you know, you're exposed to the literature, you read Srila Prabhupada's books, and then you realize, and not just reading, you have to listen a lot. Mm. Means we, we went to so many, means we would come to the temple for the Sunday lectures, but we would also go out to different, different devotees' places. We listen to His Holiness, you know, Ramapad Maharaj, we listened to His Holiness Japataka Maharaj. We also were, you know, attending many of the Namhattas when we were invited. And we would go out to lessons. And that's where you start to ask questions. Because when you read a book, who do you ask questions mm-hmm. to? Yeah. That interactive session, right? Mm-hmm. So these opportunities where the devotees literally, like we babies, they literally taught us how to walk. Mm. And so we would ask questions. And we would ask questions after questions and try to understand what is this philosophy? How is it different than how we were raised, like with that ritualistic mindset that you come to God only when you need something? Mm. Versus that you come to God to satisfy God, to seek His pleasure, not for your Mm. pleasure. That change happened over a period of time. And that's a big change in philosophy, it's a big change in the way of living, it's a big change in, you know, the very way you perceive what life is, yeah. what a family is. Just to even think of that the kids that you have are not of you, they are through you, is a big difference. It's actually a cultural shock, even from Indian perspective, means Bhagavad Gita was spoken in India, we having taken birth in India, didn't understand it till we read it in Bhagavad Gita as it is. Mm-hmm. And further, our understanding was matured over a period of time when we interacted in the association of devotees. And we had so many mentors well, over the time. How important is sort of the exclusivity of what you're doing? And what I mean by that is there are many spiritual traditions to mm-hmm. choose from. And there's yes. a lot of, so I think, development going on in this understanding of well-being mm-hmm. uh, and in and its relation to spirituality um, within the sort of the larger context the ex you know looking outside of the Hare Krishnas yes uh, do you fit comfortably in that group is everyone sort of are they working their way towards being a Hare Krishna or, or <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how everyone is actually at heart Hare Krishna's, hmm. right? Some know it, some don't. Like Srila Prabhupada would say when he was asked, how many disciples he, you have? He said many, some know it, some don't. Mm-hmm. At that time he didn't have many disciples. He knew that 
you know, how the future is. So we have to understand that the concept of ekatvam, the oneness, is that all living entities are actually servant of Lord Krishna. Hmm. There is one absolute truth and they are all serving him. It's just that they have, under the mode of, you know, various modes of material nature, have forgotten that relationship or maybe in the path to realizing it. And we are also among them trying to progress in our path. Mm -hmm. So apart from, so it actually breaks you away from the mainstream folks who says, okay, if you want to rise, you prove yourself, right? That's the mindset. You prove yourself, you become wealthy, you become rich, you enjoy your life and that's how life ends. That's like the mainstream, economics-driven, materialistic mindset. Mm -hmm. When here the mindset is, we, I don't want to prove myself, I just want to improve myself. But what, what, how is that? What is an improvement? It's an improvement on the path of bhakti. But, and what is that? Uh, to engage in, you know, I mean, in services. sort of real terms, yes. what does that look like? Oh, it looks like... Recreation. <laughs> it looks like recreation. Yes. You read, you dance, you chant, you worship the deities at your home. Yes. Mm -hmm. Again, they are the real owners of the house. And you are the watchdog, as Sheila uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur has identified, that you are the watchdog and uh, you just serve them. So you, it helps you change your frame of mind. You start your day, let's just take it like the start of day itself. It's amazing because you get up to first prepare yourself for the whole day. Mm -hmm. And how do you prepare yourself for the whole day? The very invocation when you get up in the morning, you actually pay obeisances to your spiritual master. You say the prayers for your spiritual master. You also say, and so the prayers continue, where you are saying that I am so fallen, but because of, you know, the mercy of my spiritual master, you know, I can follow in the... And these things... And then you do deity worship after get you know, you do your 16 rounds, and those 16 rounds should be of quality, hmm. which means you want to improve every day your chanting. Hmm. And what does improving chanting means is that you want to hear it more attentively, and want to pronounce it more clearly. Mm -hmm. The Mahamantra that you said, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. So every syllabus you want to focus. And then it is also said that when you are chanting, you are hearing, it's very nice to, you know, meditate on Lord's pastimes or, you know, his picture. So if you have Mahamantra in front of you, if you have Lord's picture, deities are there, it helps you focus more, so you are constantly improving it. Mm -hmm. And the symbol is, when you have not reached perfection, you still see, oh, I still have the material body. Well. <laughs> then you come to the, <laughs> right? Then you come to the deity worship, yeah. where you are but it's offering. Not, I mean, yeah, we shouldn't, um, I think, now, this, it actually, this might be another one of those. Um, um, no, it energizes you for the whole day. You are yeah, more. You feel peaceful. You're actually it happy. It contributes inside. to your happiness. It contributes to your happiness. You're fully energized for your whole day. Mm -hmm. And as you know, I am actually a coach and a trainer for IT professional. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting that now, taking from the teachings from Prasad Maharaj and his, you know, uh, 
all the teachings that he passed to his schoolmates and what he says in the prayers to Narsimadev, those teachings actually help you guide how you have to behave at work where not everyone may be a devotee. Well, probably most aren't. And it's so interesting. <laughs> and it's so interesting. That's the assumption we take. Mm. And at every place, after a year and a half, I've seen they start inquiring, what mm. is it that you are doing that could help us? Mm. And then we start doing like at USNRC. We started having Bhagavad Gita sessions in the evening. So I would just stay there for one and a half hours in the evening. We would have like 18 people would gather. Uh, few of them were like, in Spanish background, mm. few of them were from Indian background, and few of them were like American, but you know, migrated to America from other places. So, and we would read Bhagavad Gita as it is. So that environment happened, and it would only happen when they would see that you have something that they want. Mm. And it's so interesting that it reminds me of uh, His Holiness Radha Maharaj. In his book, he writes that uh, he met a person in near Himalayas who would go and have a conversation with his friend who was actually a Mohammedan, a Muslim. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. uh, he, you know, would you not recognize, a dog would always recognize his master, irrespective of the dress the master wears. Yes, the master so, could be, yeah, for a dog, yes. it recognizes its master whether the master is in his bathrobe or dressed to go out to dinner. Yes. Or in his work clothes. Right. And in the same way, a but person recognizes God. Supreme Lord, yeah. And, and the different religions are like different kinds of dress. Yes. Or God's attire. Yes. In a way. That's the God. Yeah. When, when you're sort of, you know, I'd imagine you do have ups and downs. Uh, yes. It's not a, a, a you know, there, there's, there's very happy times. It's very difficult times. Mm -hmm. What is it that, um, what, what do you do? What, what's your um, sort of the, the practice that, that you gravitate to? that's your favorite, to give you relief and, and make you happy? Now, this, the response for this has also matured over the years. Uh -huh. uh, when something would happen, when I was not so much, you know, aware of the philosophy, aware of, you know, our duties as a devotee to Lord Krishna and the life, you know, the quality of uh -huh. life, per se, with respect to the spiritual practices, it, there would be a reaction, right? And you would f try to find someone to blame. Yeah. Now, we understand now, with the maturity in the process, and of course, we are not at the perfect level, no way close. We are still improving and seeking mercy of Lord Krishna to continue to improve and seeking mercy of all the Vaishnavas and our Guru Maharaj, His Holiness, Gopal Maharaj, and all the other, you know, Shiksha Gurus, you know, His Grace, Vashwahi Prabhu is our Shiksha Guru, his Holiness Rumopad Maharaj is our Shiksha Guru. His Holiness Japataka Maharaj is our Shiksha Guru. So again, we are surrounded by, you know, His Holiness Giriraj Maharaj. So we are surrounded by these amazing Vaishnavas that we seek shelter of. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, ups and downs do happen, and some mm -hmm. at a serious level. Uh, but, but what I want to know is, what of the practices so we do, go you, back do to, you, mm -hmm. like, find the most relief and pleasure in? When downs happen and when ups happen, both the times, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe more when downs May, happen. More when <laughs> when... 
Yes, I will say 2015 was filled with just downs, 365 yeah. So what did you do for relief? Year. Where did you find the most comfort? Oh, I found most comfort in devotional service at that time. But, w- but what part? I mean, devotional service is a lot of things. We would come almost every day to the temple for Srimad Bhagavatam without, you know, making everyone aware that something's really bad going on there. Uh, so would you say that coming to class? Yes, we would come is, to the class in the morning. Is one of your favorite things? Yes, it was. It is all. It has always been one of my favorite things, actually. To be Even in class. at home, we get onto the webcam, and irrespective of everything, we try to listen to the morning class. And uh, another thing was, we took on more evening services to help in the, uh, you know, in the DT dome, the backside where you take care of all the paraphernalia yeah. of the DTs and all that. I don't think I'm allowed back there. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but then yeah. you just you just help the pujaris do their service nicely right, right, and get right, everything right. arranged which belongs so mm-hmm. that next time when they come, they can find the stuff. Yeah. So we did, uh, you know, the back room services. We would try to help in whatever services we could. Uh, still trying to improve uh, chanting was something that we really tried to do more attentively since mm-hmm. we had more time we, we always thought of doing as and when more rounds mm-hmm. uh, we attended more rithyatras than any other t- year <laughs> oh yeah 2015 and um, we just uh, went out more for devotee association seeking because, they, because that's the place to find solace at that's what calms you down distracts you from this distraction of material energy it seems that you gravitate and appreciate the sort of the teaching environment the sort of um, yes question answer um, lecture sort of situation uh, my first job was as a IT professor at BIT uh-huh so I did that for three months and then I was researching in for CDOT which is an R&D organization back in the time it was like number one R&D organization in India to go for but I was always interested in the teaching aspect. Yeah. And for last decade, I've been just doing that. I'm a trainer for IT professionals, get them professional certification so they can progress on their path, and also coach. And it's interesting. I go in an organization at like management level, then I kind of like go up to the D levels, directors and above, mm-hmm. then go over to the C levels and above. And all I'm trying to do is, you are running a crazy cycle. <laughs> you are running a crazy life. <laughs> Bring sanity. <laughs> but you don't say it that way. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It's interesting. I just tell them what are some of the good practices, like sustainable pace. I don't want to be in the case where Prahlad Maharaj was, because Prahlad Maharaj was a pure devotee. Weapons, when hurting him, they would not. Mm-hmm. They could not cause any yeah. harm. They you would wanna, cause you harm. You don't want to count on that. No, no I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not at that. I'm nowhere even close by a billion miles. Oh, yeah. So again, and um, there is contamination. But the thought is to constantly improve ourselves, to seek shelter in devotees association, to seek shelter in. Shishi Radha Madan Mohan's lotus feet. They have been very merciful, I must say. Shishi Radha Madan Mohan, Sitanam Lakshman, Shishi Ganta, and Shila Prabhupada. Very, very merciful in giving us the shelter mm. that we have sought. So we're always looking. We're, there was a point that we actually stopped and said, 
what is going on with our life, what to do with this big void that we have in our heart. Mm. And then we realize what we were looking for slowly and slowly. And we continue that journey. Mm. So it's, it's, we are still in our journey. It's not that we have oh, reached yeah. a destination. Till no, we have yeah. the material body. <laughs> My understanding is that in this kind of yoga, there really isn't a destination because no. you're you're always you always have a separate identity from God, and so that always implies that there's mm-hmm. something going on. There's something to be resolved. Yes. There's somebody to be pleased. Yes, and so it doesn't resolve. No, and it's a constant process. And the process is the goal. That's the beauty of this process. Is and have I shared with you the story of a beggar and a king Mm-mm. and the gold? Once a beggar goes to the king, says, can you show me gold? King says, why do you want to see gold? He says, I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. I want to see gold. What does it look like? What does it feel mm-hmm. like? And the king at that point, realizing he's asking for curiosity, he asks his treasurer to come and take the man to show the treasury where he can see gold. And just that's the instruction. So the treasurer takes the beggar through the steps, opens the treasury door, and he sees gold. He touches gold. He says, okay, this is gold. And then suddenly he shot, he looks back and sees the steps he took, they were also made of gold. But when he took the steps, he didn't know that that was gold. When he saw the treasury, then he realized that all through the process, so the process is the goal. So devotional service is what you do to please Krishna, to get out of this cycle of birth and death, but when you get out of the cycle of birth and death, you realize that it is devotional service. <laughs> <laughs> right. That gives you the eternal pleasure, the constant yeah. bliss, the ever-increasing feeling of happiness. Yeah, I think it takes a certain amount of maturity to get to that point because I think most people, I'm really speaking about myself, but I'll say for most people, there's, there's an idea of you get involved in spiritual life because you want to escape. You're like, this is too much. I can't handle it. I'm not having any fun. I got to get out of here. And the idea of an ongoing uh, yoga that doesn't like result in a big cash payout or, or, or like at least, you know, get me out of here. It's like, well, why would you do that? Like, I need, I need, uh, I need relief, man. You know, so it's taken a while to understand that the, the, the treading of water and the, and the energy that's required there. It just doesn't go away. It's always there. You're always striving. You're always struggling. And it isn't like you cross a finish line. See, it's interesting the way you use the word escape. Yeah. The way we came to this process is to engage. Well, that's how you came to the process. Right. But then if you look at general public, means what are they escaping from? What are they trying to get escape from? They have tried other things. Like we, we have attended, you know, with our friends who are other IT professionals, some were even in opulent positions, and even our relatives. There have been so many of them are doctors, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and so forth. And they would throw parties and all this stuff. And then only thing I would realize is how people were like just envious of one another, angry at one well, another, they, having they, grudges this way. You that weren't way. seeing symptoms of happiness, I would assume. I was not seeing symptoms of happiness because yeah. at the end of the day, I would say, does it really make me happy? And yeah. does it really give us the environment? Does it really help us from the culture point? There was one point I would say I was really seeking is for my kids, you know, as mm. 
you know being a family man i am in this foreign country mm-hmm. and i want to preserve some part of my culture mm-hmm. now the interesting thing is now i realized that i didn't have that part of the culture when i was in between my culture <laughs> you had to come here to find your indian culture exactly yeah. so yeah. i had to come here in us in potomac maryland to find my true culture mm. to find my true dharma mm-hmm. and that kind of like encourages me to get my kids also involved yeah. and get them to understand both my sons they come when we have morning aarti they come they participate in aarti and it gives immense pleasure experience. so are you like your grandpa with them the way your grandfather was with you so you're like okay no the you're going to do this let i i'm only half as hard Okay. Because <laughs> I didn't have my grandma. <laughs> because I <laughs> because the other half is taking care of my better half. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. She she arranges things. She she I would say to be a successful devotee mm-hmm. really it most 90% of it actually is because of the ladies, you know, mm-hmm. because of a better half. Wives, I would say about all devotees their wives work harder at it to make it possible that you can have right the luxury it's really luxury of krishna consciousness mm. they arrange the whole house they arrange everything around you they arrange the schedule they manage the events they are your pr they are the point they are your, uh, what do you call uh, shrink like this is a psychologist mm-hmm. you go to to speak your mind and get the mm-hmm. feedback on how to act they are everything they are like your mothers mm-hmm. they are like your caretakers they take so many roles yeah and it's so strange sometimes that part i surprise i'm surprised that i'm reading in shrimad bhagavatam women are less intelligent maybe is that why they work so hard at it no well yeah, but the greatest devotees were women yes if you pay attention I mean, Hinakashipu, which we yes. won't get into because no. it's confidential. But even outside that, Hinakashipu's mother is Diti. Yeah. So all the descendants in her lineage are known, not known by the father, Kashyapamani. They are called Dattiyas because they are oh. sons of Diti. Mm. And similarly, Adityas, like Varuna, mm-hmm. Vivaswan, Indra, they are known as Adityas because they are sons of Aditi. Mm-hmm. So mothers are the first gurus. What does Diti mean? Diti is the name. No, but why the, would there be Diti and Aditi? Like they are both sisters. The daughters of Daksha. But Diti doesn't Daksha. mean something. It's like because a you put an a in front of something means not, right? I have no idea. No idea. Okay, yeah, sorry. Just curious. Yeah. So, in this particular case, now Aditi's sons are not called Adityas. They are called Adityas. Right. There is. But the point you're making. Yeah. is that um women are not to be underestimated yes. or undervalued. Yes. That's a mistake. Yes. Yeah. You know. Because in this case we are seeing this lineage is coming because of the mother's mm. names, not because of the father's name. Mm. They have common father, but the mothers are giving and there's so many examples where, you know, women have played important part. Means Kayadu, she wanted to give but only when hinakashipu returns well we don't even have to go into scripture we just can look around yes i mean this <laughs> i mean yes. this is apparent in our yes. everyday life everyday life means we see uh them playing so many and working in the kitchen yes at the um here at the temple actually the best chefs are men <laughs> oh boy uh oh <laughs> you're in trouble <laughs> 
<laughs> well, actually, uh, yesterday I was so proud. You know, it was interesting that we were cooking uh-huh. and we were making puris. And mm-hmm. she asked me if I could help. Who's she? My wife. Uh-huh. She asked me if I could help with cooking. And so I made this Indian, the regular rolls. Then she was giving them the shape, like the flat uh-huh. bread shape. And then I was pouring them in, in the oil and I was really getting every puri really blow like puffed a ball up. puffed yeah. up. And I was feeling so nice. I'm getting it all done. And at the end, I was like, I did it great. And she's like, yes, you did. And she just smiled. And I went and she said, why don't you offer it to the lordships, you know, to the deities? And I'm making the offering and I'm thinking, Parisham Rishu, this body is not mine. It's given to me by others. Lord Krishna says, I'm the ability in man. So whatever ability I'm proud of is not mine. Mm-hmm. What is mine? You know, so yeah. the only thing at that point that humbled me is, that only mine is the choice that before you know anything else happens, I'm taking it to the Lordship and I'm offering it to the Lordship for their pleasure. And I'm feeling that nice at my heart that it is so nicely prepared and I hope that the Lord will accept it mm. as my offering of yeah. love. And with that, it actually was humbling. But my wife, you know, all we she saw was I was puffed up with that, <laughs> picking up my you were, collars. You were puffed up like a puri. <laughs> yes, I was puffed up like a puri. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it was humbling the moment she mm. she immediately caught me and she corrected mm. me she said make the offering and I was like yes I was thinking she'll make the offering but now I got the opportunity and you never say no when you have such an opportunity mm. right to make the offering she's so nice even at the temple when she has the opportunity for service and she has to do bhoga offering she says why don't you go and do the bhoga offering and it, it's it's an amazing experience when you make that offering to that, you know, you it's interesting always to kind of like have a taste delicacies yourself, but if you're giving it with love to someone else, and especially the deities, yeah. it's very purifying at heart. And in a way, you see, your wife is taking full advantage because she's being the servant of the servant, right? Uh. <laughs> she's saying, no, you offer it. And that act... Yes. M- makes her your servant so that you can serve. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah, so she's, that's what I'm saying. The point is that wives are providing all that environment in which mm. husbands can progress. Yeah, despite themselves. Yes, despite themselves. And it reminds me of Kardama Muni and Devahuti, right? Kardama Muni was performing his austerities and um, his wife, Devahuti, she was just serving him. And she was Manu's daughter. Right? And at that time, she lost her body luster and the glow and her youth just by serving him. And then Kadam, because of his potency, he was able to revive all that. Mm. But that's what wives do, even in this current age. The devotees' wives, they are the true Vaishnavis, mm. where they engage, not just, just their children, they engage their family, their husbands and everyone around them. Yeah. And they keep that link alive, mm. growing. Yeah. And they are great feedback givers, believe me. <laughs> Sometimes I feel a little too hard. <laughs> well, but then, you know, like, you know, like... Well, in other words, yes. you're normal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, you can never be puffed up in front of because they know all your flaws. Yeah. And they actually know when you are going to be ticked off. It's, it's so interesting mm. that you yourself don't know about your nature, then they know about you. Right, right, then right. they come and immediately for your rescue. 
yeah. and they rescue you from that situation. So yes, I would say many times when I have been in those down situations, she was there to mm. pick me up and give me the right direction and point me in the right direction. And all I had to do was understand, you know, what I'm going through and then get immediately out of that situation mm. to go into a favorable situation. Yeah. And it's so interesting that the choices we make is all. And as we were discussing the life's journeys between B and D, the letter B is birth, D is death. In between are the choices we mm. make. C is the choice. And now that's from the material body perspective. But as a devotee of Krishna, coming into this material world in ignorance, our life, our soul passes through I and K. From the ignorance that comes because mm -hmm. of the delusion in material energy to Krishna consciousness. What's the N? No, between I and K I is J what? K there is a J. Right? <laughs> no, I'm just saying I, J, K. <laughs> So J is jubilation. <laughs> Going towards Krishna is full of jubilation. Don't go the other way. <laughs> if you go towards from K to I, that's a reverse path, right? Mm. And that's full of jealousy, a lot of... That's a dharmic. A dharmic, yes. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of like gets you into that mode. So yes, uh, very much thankful for the children, for the family. Mm. And all the devotees means Raj uh, Prabhu he started giving Bhakti Mataji he she came she came in and engaged us, you know, in various services as yeah. well. And many times helped us, you know, come out of those down situations and try to guide us and we took the guidance so that's how, you know, it helped us. Two thousand nine itself she gave us the opportunity. Means I started giving Srimad Bhagavatam classes on Wednesdays. Weekly classes, 2009-2010, then over the years it shifted for the last three some years, shifted to Sundays. So mm. on Sunday morning we come in early, right. we give Srimad Bhagavatam class, then we stay for the 10 o'clock. So, and then there is afternoon class. So it's, it's a perfect program. Right. Yeah, it's and nice. we wanted to engage because what I saw in the absence of these activities previously, we were just doing, you know, trying to meet with friends, trying to go out and literally idle away our day at shopping malls, at uh, uh, restaurants or long drives and then would be frustrated the very next day as what mm -hmm. to do next. Mm -hmm. There was no so it's rhythm coming, to it's the madness. Together, yeah, like so it's, it's coming together. Yeah. And it's still coming together because we are always seeking to improve. Yeah. We are by far. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure we could. We could. Yes. We can improve in many ways yes. uh, in the uh, sort of the, the what happens in the temple on mm -hmm. Sundays. Mm -hmm. But you certainly do see that element of recreation and people enjoying themselves oh. and having fun. So I yes. think that, you know, that's that's really the most you can ask. And, it, you know, it'll get better. Uh, but I think it's pretty nice as it, where we're at. Mm -hmm. You know, my and impression. Actually, there is next level we started observing this year itself, which was when people are having recreation, when you are feeling that they are having recreation, because if you were in their shoes, and we were in their shoes before, it's more fun to facilitate that recreation mm -hmm. than just be part of that recreation and yes. enjoy yourself. So like holy event happened, 
I was more interested in just coming a day early. And then actually, I had a good kutta and a good dhoti on me and it got all colored. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but then, at the end of the day, we were, we felt like we already had a holy without the yeah. holy yet. And As we were trying a, to serve, you know, getting the stalls um, ready. Uh, 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 an interesting aspect of reality that contributing to other people's happiness is the greatest source of happiness. Um, and it it's almost counterintuitive because you're not the focus of the happiness. Yes. But to see that and facilitate that in other people brings a deep joy. Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur, um, he actually writes about this, that Vaishnava Seva is the true dharma. So not just we are, you know, serving Krishna, when we get an opportunity to serve Vaishnava. When we is, serve worshippers of Vishnu. Yes, when we serve the devotees of mm -hmm. Vishnu, means that's, that is the true nature. We have to help each other. Yeah. And of course, there is the concept of you avoid situations that could be hampering to your spiritual practice. So identify that is also requires intelligence. Mm. And one of the interesting ways, when we engage into activities that are beneficial for your spiritual progress, you automatically fill up your time with that. You don't have time. Mm. Just like there is that response. I don't know who said it, but this discussion asked from a lady. Do you love God? Her answer is yes. Then the next question is, do you hate devil? And she says, no. He says, you love God, but you don't love hate devil? Her response is, when I'm loving God, I do not have time to hate devil. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah. so you engage yourself in those activities and completely fill yourself with meditation on those activities. Mm. that helps you in spiritual progress, you are not left with any time that could hamper yeah. your spiritual progress. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sort of interested in exploring the relationship between well-being mm -hmm. and devotional service and activity at the temple. And, um, uh, you know, it's a, it's a subject of interest to me that I think is uh, can be explored further. I, however, I think that... Um, now so good night to wrap up our interview. I think this is the longest conversation we've I'm had on the so podcast. Sorry. No, 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 no. It's, this isn't a bad thing. Um, but um, yeah, there's obviously a, a lot more to talk about. Uh, you know, yes. we've only sort of scratched the surface. Um, but um, thank you for sitting for this interview. Uh, you're listening to Questions for the Sages. I'm Michael Scherer. Thanks for listening. Thanks again to Jiva Tattva Das. It was nice to speak with you. For those who are unfamiliar, there is a link to the story of Pallad Maharaj in the show notes. Thanks to Rico Hayes for the theme music, and to Miriam Lansky for discussions about how to approach the subject matter of the podcast. Thank you also to the Hare Krishna community of Potomac, Maryland, for making this podcast possible. I'm Michael Scherer, and you've been listening to Questions for the Sages. Mm -hmm.